Welcome back to the Joke Show here on the Dion Family Network. This is episode 32. This week is just a recap of week 12 of the NFL season, plus some kind of playoff implications, standings updates, stuff like that. Uh, So let's get right into it. Uh, First up, the Atlanta Falcons. And I was completely wrong about this one. And thinking back to what I said, I'm still going to say that I was right, that everything I said about this game was right, but the only, th- the one thing I was not right about was just how this game would go. It, it was absolutely ridiculous. The Falcons win 43-6. to The Raiders just, they, these teams are going in opposite directions, and in sports this happens all the time, that they just... It almost feels like a Freaky Friday type of switch, but I mean, Matt Ryan, not an outstanding game. I mean, 185 yards passing, two touchdowns in an interception. Derek Carr, 215 and an interception, no no touchdowns, two field goals. Uh, Young Way Koo, I guess, is probably the biggest story to come out of this one. Uh, he hit two field goals in the first. He hit one in the second. Uh, none in the third, which incredibly disappointing, but two more in the fourth and added on top of that one, two, three extra points. So, and I think he's the NFL's leading scorer now, which is just absolutely hilarious. I mean, Atlanta, they're four and seven. They're not doing anything. What they really did was just kind of complicate the Raiders path to the playoffs even more, which we'll get to every team really who matters remaining schedule but that was definitely a shocker next up I don't think I don't think anyone would say this was a shocker Bills win 27-17 not not the prettiest game I definitely don't think it's what we expected Josh Allen 157 yards passing a touchdown and an interception Herbert Justin Herbert's absolutely incredible and he deserves a coach that's going to help his talents uh, 316 yards passing, touchdown and an interception. Not a perfect game, but for the Bills, they held on. The only, the only real thing about this game was the end for the Chargers. They hit, they complete this incredible hail mary, and then just proceed to run the ball, not throw it away. They were down by 10, so I mean, some people argued kick a field goal. Not, not even that. Just. I don't even know what I could have suggested. Throw the ball, spike the ball, try to conserve as much time as possible. It kind of seemed like they it was a one possession game that they thought they could have just tied with with one single play. Unfortunately, not the case for these Chargers. The Bills moved to eight and three. The Chargers are three and eight, and it's honest, it's almost impressive that they're three and eight. It, if you look back on their season, it probably isn't flipped as aren't as close of games or 50-50 games, whatever you want to call them, as much as we would think. But I don't know. These teams are just, again, there are, there are a lot of these games, including this next one that just was an exciting game, but just really, I don't want to say doesn't matter, but just in the grand scheme of this season, not as important. New York Giants take down Cincinnati 19-17, the Giants moved to four and seven. The Brown Bengals, the Bengals are two eight and one. 
Daniel Jones got hurt. He pulled his hamstring. The Giants also now are your NFC East division leaders, which we'll we'll get to what all those teams have left. But yeah, this game, I guess Wayne Gallman, I guess, has been a bright spot for the Giants. 24 carries, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Evan Ingram, six receptions, 129 yards. But now, now at this rate, I don't. I mean, I want to talk about it more once we get. But who who do you even want to see win the NFC East? And actually, this uh, next episode, I have a special guest coming in. We're going to talk about that. NFC East is definitely a point of topic. But yeah, nineteen seventeen, Giants escaped with the win, but not with their quarterback. Next up, a game that I was not. Even looking at the final score, I didn't really think it was the final score. The Bengals, or Bengals, I keep mixing up the Bengals and the uh, Broncos. I feel like this has happened a few times that my laptop just kind of, it's just loud. Uh, But for the Browns, the fact that this game was so close it's kind of disappointing for the the Browns are eight and three. They're in prime position for a playoff spot, but they just I don't know. Baker Mayfield two hundred and fifty eight yards, two touchdowns. He also had that wide open touchdown pass that he missed that he kind of like backpedaled threw off his back foot and sailed it over a wide a wide open wide receiver running into the middle of the end zone. So there's moments like that that just kind of make me think, okay, yeah, the Browns will make the playoffs, but. Even in that first round, what? Who are they even gonna stop? I mean, it was the Jaguars. Mike Glennon started this game, two hundred and thirty-five yards passing, two touchdowns. Nick Chubb and James Robinson, both really impressive days. Chubb, nineteen carries, one hundred and forty-four yards and a touchdown. Robinson himself, twenty-two carries, one hundred and twenty-eight yards and a touchdown. Just impressive games Jarvis Landry eight receptions 143 yards and a touchdown this game this game was really good uh I don't really know what else you could say about that the Jaguars it's even more ridiculous now they won that week one game against Indianapolis which might hurt them which might cause them to lose either the division or even a playoff spot but yeah, Jacksonville won 0 and 10 since that week one upset. Next up, speaking of those Colts, they lose to the Titans 45-26. They split the season series, which makes the division race now a whole lot more interesting. The Titans are 8 and 3, Colts are 7 and 4. Obviously, Titans now with a one game lead and a split division se- uh, season series. Derrick Henry had just an outstanding game, 27 carries. 178 yards three touchdowns AJ Brown just whenever he gets the ball he is just one of the most explosive players in football four receptions 98 yards and a touchdown uh Tannehill 221 yards and a touchdown it's almost like not what I expected but just he's just putting up productive numbers and that's just kind of that's the fact of it Rivers 295 trying to bring his team back uh, two touchdowns and an interception. AJ Brown also had the at the end of the game. The Colts tried the onside kick, tried to get the ball back, and AJ Brown and I remember this happened. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. Micah Hyde on the Bills 
uh, caught an onside kick and just in stride ran past everyone. AJ Brown just timed that catch perfectly and basically just waltzed into the end zone. So yeah, in terms of the playoffs, this game really, really shifted. I, and for me, for sure, I kind of d- didn't even think about the Titans as that much of a threat, but they're ahead. they beat the Bills, so now they're third in the AFC. So they're they're a real legitimate contender. Next up, another game that just not disappointing because that's what we kind of all expected. The Miami Dolphins move to seven and four. They take down the New York Jets, who are zero and eleven. 20-3, Ryan Fitzpatrick, 257 yards passing, two touchdowns. Sam Darnold, 197 yards passing, two interceptions. The Giants can't do anything. I really don't even want to talk about them. Devontae Parker, eight receptions, 119 yards. This this win was huge for Miami, especially Tua had an injured thumb. was the reason why they said he didn't play. Fitzpatrick might be the way just for this year and give Tua more time to develop. I don't think there's a point to rush him back. Fitzpatrick was playing fine when they brought in Tua. I know they did it just based on a bye week, but I don't know. I just don't think... I, I just... If I'm Miami, just just stick with Fitzpatrick. He's getting you to these places for a reason. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings take down the Carolina Panthers in not the very last second but 28 to 27 they move to 5 and 6 they ultimately end I don't know if they're officially eliminated but the Panthers at 4 and 8 are really not even if they go undefeated for the rest of the way they're just not making the playoffs it sucks I love watching the Panthers they're actually such a entertaining team to watch and for next year they're a fun sleeper team but they really got their hearts broken in this one. Teddy Bridgewater in his, I don't know if it was his return to Minnesota, but it, it didn't feel like a big step in his career. He obviously, Bridgewater was drafted by the Vikings. He had his uh, horrific knee injury that caused caused him to miss two years, and now he's a starting quarterback. 267 yards passing, a touchdown, and an interception. He also, he doesn't run the ball a lot, but he's very strategic and very effective when he runs. Kirk Cousins, 307 yards passing, three touchdowns. Dalvin Cook, a bit more of a quiet game, did get hurt. Didn't look too serious. He was running on the sideline. I feel like especially Minnesota now looks to be in playoff contention. Doesn't seem like he's going to miss too much time. Uh, Robbie Anderson, the leading receiver for Carolina, four receptions, 94 yards. But these teams have such good depth. Minnesota didn't have Adam Thielen. Uh, uh, BC Johnson, BC, I guess, B-I-S-I, seven receptions, 74 yards. Justin Jefferson, seven receptions, 70 yards, two touchdowns. And, I mean, the other pretty important one, Chad Beebe, he did muff a punt that looked like it sealed the deal for Carolina. They had to kick a field goal. And Chad Beebe catches the game-winning touchdown and... I don't even want to say upsets, but more just stuns, stuns the Panthers. 46 seconds left. Bridgewater had a chance, but they they just ran out of time. Speaking of ran out of time, the New England Patriots take down the Arizona Cardinals 20-17. to Just what an, what an ugly game. The Patriots do 
keep their playoff hopes alive. They put a little dent in Arizona's armor. New England five and six, Arizona six and five. Kyler Murray, Cam Newton, neither really spectacular games. Murray, 170 yards passing and and an interception. DeAndre Hopkins, five receptions, 55 yards. On the other side, Cam, 84 yards, two interceptions. Damian Harris, 14 carries, 47 yards. I guess really for Arizona, Kenyon Drake, 22 carries, 78 yards, and two touchdowns. But New England keeps their hopes alive, and we really we can't count them out until they are until we see a post on Instagram or we get to watch it live that they're officially eliminated from playoff contention. We just we can't doubt them. Next up, the New Orleans Saints take down Denver. Doesn't really even feel that impressive. I feel bad for Denver. Obviously, their quarterbacks did make didn't make the best choices, but their team suffered. Uh, Hinton, the former Wake Forest quarterback, uh, Kendall Hinton. I just want to make sure I got that right. Um, one for nine passing. 13 yards and two interceptions the first few plays of this game were fun because you just thought oh they don't have a quarterback oh this is at least going to be fun they're going to get creative with it and it just really did not feel that way at least for me even the Saints didn't feel like they were going at full tilt Taysom Hill uh, still hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in any game since 2016 he had 78 yards and an interception in this game running he had rushing he had 10 10 carries 44 yards and two touchdowns Latavius Murray 19 carries 124 yards and two touchdowns Michael Thomas four receptions 50 yards also had a run one run for one yard Alvin Kamara a little more quiet in this one 11 carries for 54 yards as well as one reception for minus two yards and the Saints won 31 to three just a real real shocker of a game not a shocker in terms of the Saints beating the Broncos but just nobody really put up big numbers but the Saints just kind of waltzed in and blew them out uh next up a game that definitely complicates complicates the playoff picture in the NFC West the San Francisco 49ers take down the LA Rams 23-20 it was the Jared Goff game that we all have come to expect when we think he's playing well. I know I said he did, especially he looked good on Monday night against the Bucks. He really 198 yards passing, two interceptions. Nick Mullins on the other side, 252 yards and an interception. This is, I think, a big question, especially in this weekend with Denver not having a quarterback that had you not just have Kaepernick. If you're the 49ers... Why would you want – I would want Kaepernick over Jimmy G. I know he has to adapt to a locker room, but I just think a dynamic quarterback like that and just seeing Kaepernick back on the 49ers to me would be it would be great. The Niners did get uh, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson back. Mostert, 16 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Debo Samuel really, especially at the end of the game, brought them into field goal range to get the win. 11 receptions, 133 yards. And again, we'll, after the games, we'll get through it, but San Francisco put them right back. They're right in the thick of this race. It is kind of a almost win-out situation, but 
they're they're definitely in this race. Next up, what a great, but it didn't even feel that close of a game. The Kansas City Chiefs take down the Tampa Bay Bucks 27-24. Tom Brady, I mean, 345 yards passing, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Rob Gronkowski, leading wide receiver in this game for the Bucks, Pretty important to say that. Six receptions, 106 yards. Now let's get to the Chiefs. Tyreek Hill, I think he had 200 receiving yards in the first quarter. He had 13 receptions, 269 yards, and three touchdowns. Absolutely ridiculous, especially when you look at Patrick Mahomes. 462 yards passing and three touchdowns. And they got conservative. They really they didn't score after the third quarter. They put up 17 in the first, three in the second, seven in the third. And that was all the scoring they needed. The Bucks did all their scoring after the first quarter. And at that point, it just it just wasn't enough. The Chiefs are 10-1. and one. They're going to cruise. I didn't even look at their remaining schedule because they're cruising to this division title. Tampa Bay is in a little bit more trouble, especially if Minnesota and or San Francisco are going to start to surge. And Tampa Bay and Minnesota are going to have to play each other. Uh, next up, Sunday night. Uh, wait, did I take? I mean, uh, the Green Bay Packers, they take down Chicago on Sunday night, 41-25. I am going to be completely honest. I did not watch this game. Um... I, I checked in around the beginning or at the end of the first half and I think it was 27 nothing or maybe 27 three so I guess Chicago scored at the oh yeah Allen Robinson at the end of the first half Mitch Trubisky started which I think that should probably tell you enough still 242 yards passing not obviously in a game where you're behind that's it's pretty hard Green Bay three touchdowns in the second quarter, followed by two touchdowns in the third quarter. It's pretty much just all the scoring they needed. Trubisky threw for three touchdowns, two interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, you almost look at the number and say pedestrian, but 211 yards passing, four touchdowns. Uh, Devontae Adams uh, with that first touchdown, then he threw under Mercedes Lewis, then Alan Lazard, Preston Smith, uh, fumble return for a touchdown. Robert Tanyan, uh, 39-yard touchdown. Jamal Williams, 13-yard run. For the Bears, Cairo Santos field goal. Robinson touchdown at the end of the first half. Allen Robinson touchdown. David Montgomery pass. Or David Montgomery receiving touchdown for a two-point conversion. 41-25. Feels like that really just kind of ends any question about Green Bay. They were in the playoffs. I mean, they're solidly in the playoffs but it's basically their division crown clinched right there at eight and three and they have minnesota and chicago chasing them down both at five and six finally monday night although shouldn't shouldn't really feel like finally but because there is there is still another game to be played of this week the seattle seahawks take down philadelphia uh 20 
Oh, now I can't remember this. 23-17. And funny enough, so I remember I said when I was talking about this game, or at least when I, I don't know, maybe I didn't say it on here, but definitely thinking about this game. That Seattle and Philadelphia played twice last year, week four and uh, wild card weekend. Both of those games ended with the same score, 17-9. And during this game... Uh, mostly because Jake Elliott missed an extra point for the Eagles. Seattle was up 17-9 at one point in this game, and that's that was just a really weird, freaky situation. But this game was just, it was really just not it. 23-17 feels way closer and probably gives Philly more pause about if they should go to Jalen Hurts. He took like three snaps. I don't know if he took more later but just from every time I saw it was Wentz there was the one drive Hertz comes in penalty then he completes a pass uh completes a pass on second down they bring Wentz back in for third down and he gets sacked like how many how many times does he need to get sacked what do you need to see in order to just not trust this guy anymore I mean Russell Wilson MVP train is kind of dead Mahomes has just really ran away with that the last few weeks Still, Russ, 230 yards passing and a touchdown. Chris Carson, pretty impressive. Eight carries, 41 yards and a touchdown. And DK Metcalf going full Michael Jordan after Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles. He coached Calvin Johnson, who a lot of people have compared DK to. Uh, he said he said to Metcalf that you're really good, but you're not there yet in terms of being on Calvin Johnson's level. And Metcalf said he took that personally. Ten receptions and 177 yards. Not not too shabby. Philly still somehow in this race. And uh, Seattle first place, especially with, or, I mean, first place ahead of the Rams. They still, they still do have to play the Rams, but... But it's interesting. This this playoff race has definitely thickened. It's way more teams than we could have expected to be still in the race. And we still have a game Wednesday, tomorrow, from when I'm recording. Uh, Baltimore-Pittsburgh was supposed to be Thanksgiving, got moved to Sunday, moved to Tuesday, and now is officially tomorrow, we assume. There's been a lot of schedule shuffling. I really don't really know for sure what's going on, but... Football games will come, and I will talk about them. All right, let's look at let's look at the playoff standings and these teams' remaining schedules. So, Pittsburgh, they're just on undefeated watch at this point. So they have their home for Baltimore, home for Washington, at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, home for Indy, at Cleveland. If they get through. I think there's two – I mean, I think Baltimore does count as a trap. No Lamar Jackson. The running backs, Ingram and Dobbins, apparently could come back now because of a 10-day quarantine they went through. So Baltimore's definitely a trap. At Buffalo, that's a trap. Buffalo is a sneaky good team, especially against Pittsburgh. And then I would say Indy. I guess Cleveland, but you don't really know – we're talking about week 17, but we also don't know what these teams are really going to be going for, like what they're going to be playing for by week 17. 
So that's kind of the hard thing to tell. Kansas City, I didn't look at. They're running away with this division. It's more of just if Pittsburgh loses, maybe they could get the one seed and get a bye. Tennessee's the three seed. They have home for Cleveland this week at Jacksonville, home for Detroit, at Green Bay, at Houston. Not particularly difficult. Green Bay, I guess because you're going to Green Bay and to Houston, that's a little more difficult. I can't imagine against Houston they're going to have to play for much. But at Green Bay is definitely going to be a struggle. Before that, they get three kind of easy ones to try to solidify that division crown. Indy, not as ridiculously hard either at Houston, at Vegas, but Indy and Vegas are now racing for the same spot, so that's huge playoff implications. Home for Houston, at Pittsburgh, home for Jacksonville. Not too difficult either. Both of these teams could win 10, 11, maybe even 12 games. Uh, Buffalo's the four seed. Miami's still one game behind them, which is kind of... Buffalo did beat them earlier this year, but Buffalo's got at San Francisco Monday night in Arizona because uh, uh, Santa Clara, where the 49ers play, they said no contact sports for the next three weeks. So the 49ers agreed with the NFL to play their home games in Arizona. So Buffalo at San Francisco, home for Pittsburgh, at Denver, at New England, home for Miami. They already pretty much have this division locked up, but that week 17 against Miami, I guess, could swing the division. I mean, Miami's got home for Cincinnati this week. Would have been way more fun if it was Burrow Tua. Now it's Fitzpatrick Finley. Uh, home for Kansas City, that's tough. Home for New England, Frisky. They're in, they're in the playoff race at Vegas and then at Buffalo Week 17. Really just they're in the wind at this point. Now with without their momentum and without Tua playing at the level that he was and, and this week without Tua, that's really... Especially this, so then New England, we still do have to talk about them. They're the 10 seed right now. They're 5 and 6. Not really likely, but they play uh, at the Chargers, at the Rams. So they'll probably just stay in Los Angeles for that. At Miami, home for Buffalo, and home for the Jets. They can blow out the Jets week 17. Probably won't. It might not matter, but they at least get that to end their year. End on a positive. Uh, Cleveland is the five seed. So they've got at Tennessee this week, home for Baltimore, who killed them, I think, in week one or week two. Uh, at the Giants, at the Jets, home for Pittsburgh. They get a real softball there with the Giants and the Jets back-to-back weeks. Uh, Baltimore, they're the eight seed. They're a game back of really Miami and Indianapolis at six and four. If it was Tua and we had the momentum of the Dolphins that we did a couple weeks ago, I'm not, I was a part of that hype train. I was so excited about this team. Why wouldn't we want to see the Ravens? Because if you, I think at that point, then the seven, or maybe the Dolphins could be the seventh seed, but I think it'd be way more fun if the Dolphins are the six or the Ravens are the sixth seed and then they go to Tennessee. I know the Titans have killed them, but chip on their shoulder. They're the underdog now. That'd be fun to see. Baltimore's got at Pittsburgh, home for Dallas, at Cleveland, home for Jacksonville, home for the Giants, at Cincinnati. That's a softball schedule. But they need to win two of those three 
between Pittsburgh, Dallas, Cleveland to really be in this race again, at least for me. Um, who do I have? This to, oh, Vegas. Uh, Vegas, what they've got left. They have at the Jets, home for the Colts, home for the Chargers, home for the Dolphins at Denver. Not ridiculous, but I definitely out of those. So the teams that are kind of in the balance, I think Cleveland is just their playoff team. And honestly, Buffalo-Cleveland round one, that's a really fun game. Miami, don't really have too much faith in them right now, especially. Indy, I think they're a playoff team. Baltimore and Vegas are both in the same. Yeah, you could go either way. How are you going to finish off this year? You really have to prove yourself for the rest of the year. New England's not really, they're not really in it. And then from there, it's Denver, Houston, four and seven, Chargers, three and eight, Cincinnati, two and eight, two, eight and one, Jacksonville, one and 10, the Jets, zero and 11. So that's really the AFC side. That's, it's definitely interesting. And a few of these teams are going to have to play each other. I think the best case scenario we can get is Cleveland, Baltimore, and Indianapolis as our three, especially if Cleveland or uh, Indianapolis and Baltimore finish with the same record, Baltimore's already beaten them this year, so we could get Tennessee Baltimore, or we could get Tennessee Indy three. I don't usually love play like division teams playing in the playoffs, but I mean, I guess it's you've figured each other out. It's just how do you execute on that day? All right, the NFC. I didn't do the Saints either. They're kind of locked in the Bucks are two games back they also the Saints beat them twice there's not really any way they're going to catch them Arizona Carolina uh, Arizona Atlanta's four and seven Carolina's four and eight they're just not really in it the did I do I don't think I did Tampa but uh the NFC West absolutely fascinating Seattle's eight and three listen to this schedule this week next two weeks home for the Giants home for the Jets at Washington, home for the Rams, at the 49ers. Sure, San Francisco could be a part of that race, and obviously you have to beat the Rams because if they lose to the Rams again, you assume at that point that's the division flipping to Los Angeles' way, but that's a softball schedule. They could go 13-3. and I don't think that's really out of the question. Speaking of those Rams, they've got... Did I not do the Rams? Oh, yeah, sorry, the Rams at Arizona, home for the Patriots, home for the Jets, at Seattle, and then Week 17, home for Arizona. Not particularly easy, but I think at this point we're kind of just expecting them. I would, wouldn't would have too much expectations beyond them being the sixth seed. Maybe the five seed if the Bucks falter, and if they finish with the same record, again, the Rams beat the Bucks on Monday night. Not horrible, but then there's also that Patriots game that I think is just a trap that everyone's gonna go. Oh no, the Rams! They're they're. And I'm gonna I'm gonna say this now. I'm probably gonna fall for it. Oh, the Rams! They're not they're not gonna lose to the Patriots. The Patriots aren't playing well. Cam's not playing great, and it's just gonna be that Bill Belichick lore kind of game. That of course he wins that type of game. Uh, Arizona. So the Rams finish against Arizona. This who's Arizona's got left. Oh, so they play each other twice within the last few weeks. Arizona, home for the Rams. 
at the Giants, home for Philly, home for San Francisco, and at the Rams. Not easy, but I also don't think we're going to get to the other teams, but I just don't really think... I think they can split enough of those games where they win three out of these five games, and they're probably the bottom wild card team. The other, I guess we we still have to count San Francisco because that was a big one against the Rams. It really kind of showed that they can still they could still do this. They're home for Buffalo again. Home is Arizona right now. Home for Washington at Dallas at Arizona Week Seventeen. Home for Seattle. You get to that week 17 game at home for Seattle, that's you do have to that Buffalo game is really the swing game. Washington Dallas, they could be Washington and Dallas. I don't really think that's too far out of the question, but at Arizona home for Seattle week 16 17, that's really that if they put themselves in the right position, if they win those games, they can really not even flip the division around, but at least maybe flip playoff spots. Uh, I mean, I said they could beat Washington, Dallas. Let's get let's get to the NFC least. It's the Giants. Not a great schedule. At Seattle, home for Arizona, home for Cleveland, at Baltimore, home for Dallas. Week seventeen. Again, that week seventeen might not mean anything to Dallas. The Giants could be trying to win the division still. The team with the hardest of, actually no let's do let's do Washington because I did an order of how much are we re- I guess the Giants is who we trust obviously if there's no Daniel Jones then I guess not but Washington has at Pittsburgh at San Francisco in Arizona home for oh so yeah at Pittsburgh at San Francisco home for Seattle home for Carolina at Philadelphia week 17 again that that game could be for the division. Philly has the ab and they have not looked good and I I really think it's either fire Doug Peterson or just let Jalen Hurts start at least just let him get more starts let him get a drive or two in these games don't just give him one or two snaps uh Philly has at Green Bay at Arizona home for New Orleans oh sorry no I think it's at Green Bay Home for New Orleans. I think the New Orleans game is first. I guess not that that really matters, but I feel like getting these teams at the right time. So, yeah, at Green Bay, home for Seattle, at Arizona, at Dallas, home for Washington. That's, that is a murderer's row of three playoff teams. You want to prove you're a playoff team, you have to win maybe two, at least one. Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona. Then you get your division. You have to beat your division to win your division. It's just really as simple as that. And Dallas, I guess we we still have to talk about and count Dallas. I don't know why I sound so sad saying that. It's just kind of... Uh, at Baltimore, at Cincinnati. Well, now that at Baltimore game, I think, is Monday... The like Monday triple header, but two of the games are on at once. That didn't really make sense. Uh, so at Baltimore, at Cincinnati, home for the 49ers, home for Philly, at the Giants. They're three and eight, and we still have to count them in this division. I just can't see them winning more than three games out of this stretch. 
they could prove me wrong. Andy Dalton looked good against Minnesota. I just don't see it against these teams. Um, and then we kind of have the two the two NFC North teams. Not that they're catching Green Bay at this rate. Minnesota, they have home for Jacksonville at Tampa. If they can win that Tampa game, they could really vault themselves into this playoff race. Home for Chicago at New Orleans on Christmas Day. And then at Detroit week 17. Not a horrible schedule. And they've been playing well. I think they're they're really a dark horse sleeper playoff team. Uh, Chicago has home for Detroit, home for Houston, then that at Minnesota game, which really whoever wins that, once they get to that point, whoever wins that game is the team that's going to have a chance at the playoffs. And then at Jacksonville, home for Green Bay. Green Bay's not going to be playing for anything week 17. Though it'll be a backup matchup and the Bears probably will play everyone and probably win. So yeah, and then we have the leftovers: Atlanta, Denver, Houston, Detroit. They're all four and seven. The Chargers three and eight. Carolina four and eight. Cincinnati two eight and one. Jacksonville one ten. The Jets zero oh, and eleven. Just, it's a fun race. This is this is when the NFL gets the most fun. We have to do these scenarios of oh, if this team beats this team, but if this team loses, or it always comes down to if this team can win or tie. There's so many scenarios out there, and especially with that out of playoff spot, and we don't really know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. There's there's a lot still up in the air, and it's going to be fun to see. So that's about it again this this weekend. We got a very special episode. We'll have NFL Week 13 preview, and I'm going to try to figure out what's going on in college football. I got a very special guest. Won't reveal who it is, but I think everyone will be very interested to hear what this person has to say. Uh, after that week, then we're going to start NBA preview, kind of have it all in order, do over-unders, awards predictions, uh, championship predictions. I have player rankings by position, even though the NBA doesn't make sense with positions anymore, but I'm going to try. We're going to do our best. So, uh, I guess besides that, we'll see you next time.